All right, here we are. We made it. The podcast, days, weeks, months in the making. We finally have our first episode. Welcome to Absurdly Certain with Callan Nolan. That's me, your host. This is an idea I've had for some time now, and I am thrilled to be getting this off the ground. So, welcome for whatever way you've stumbled into this podcast, uh, whether that's me telling you about it or whatever random search topics you put in to find it. podcast that's going to be about a number of things and so with this first episode I'm hoping to outline a little bit of that and uh, cut to the chase see what you might be um, interested in or why you would want to come back and listen but on top of that it's also just going to be a uh, audio journal of kinds so uh, probably not every topic is going to be applicable to every person and uh, that's all right with me Uh, but it's just something to get some thoughts out and really work through ideas that I have and make a commentary, a way to kind of hold myself accountable to the the ways that I'm critiquing or seeing the world. So with that, let's jump in uh, to what this is going to be all about. So really the theme of the show I think can be embodied. I'm going to walk you through a quick day in the life, right? And just show why a discussion around uh, uncertainty and prediction and decision-making would even be something worthwhile. And is there enough content to even be thinking through through all this, right? So I think of a normal day and the way that you wake up and you instantly are bombarded with decisions. Do you turn that alarm off? Do you hit snooze? Do you get out of bed? Where do you go? What decision do you make right off the bat? Do you go to the bathroom right away? Do you put on clothes? Do you, you know, plan out your day in, in some sense. And you have these decisions right away. I mean, you're bombarded with it. Um, what to have for breakfast, what to wear, when to leave your house, where you're going to be going. Now, a lot of these things are probably pre-made decisions, but in a sense, day by day, you have an incredibly large number of options at your disposal for what you're going to be doing. And I think you can quickly see that in order to be a participant in our world, you have to make myriads of choices, uh, hour by hour, day by day, and how we figure out what the outcomes of these choices are going to be, how we have any kind of stability and normalcy or growth through it uh, is an incredibly hard thing to do. So in this world of uncertainty, even when it comes down to the trivial all the way up to the ultimately important, how do we make sure that we can measure and improve our decision making? What kind of predictions are we going to make? What kind of decisions are we going to make? And ultimately, how do we manage ambiguity in in every step of the process? So something that really got me on this kind of thinking or aligned my thinking um, to this is, uh, as I'm going to be discussing on this podcast, I'm a big reader, and there's quite a bit of reading that I've done over these topics in the last few years. Something specifically that stuck out to me was a quote that I came across reading a book by Michael Lewis called The Undoing Project, an incredible book. I recommend it to anyone out there interested in topics like this. But uh, in the front cover of the book, he had a quote uh, from the French writer and philosopher Voltaire. The quote is, doubt is an uncomfortable position, but certainty is an absurd one. And this quote really got to me. I think it's really important on a number of levels to think through the implications of this. You know, it got me thinking, 
do we live in just this constant, uncomfortable, doubtful position in our lives? Or is there a level of certainty we can get to that many people would look at with absurdity? And so I think depending on what your topic is that you're thinking through or what decisions you're making, you're going to fall somewhere on the spectrum of, of being full of doubt and constantly full of skepticism and cynicism. Uh, but certainly we have to move into some areas of confidence in order to move forward in our life where some would even say that this is absurd. So that's a bit of the genesis of the name uh, for the podcast as well and just wraps up, I think, in a nice way what the theme and what a lot of the topic of the show is going to be about or what I would like it to be about. So I think before we even get into that or go any further, a little bit of, of background. Everyone loves a good origin story. So to think through who am I and you know, let's just capture uh, where my perspectives come from. So at this point in time, I'm 28 years old. I am uh, married just short of three years. I live in the Midwestern states of the U.S. Um, I'm about to have my first son. I grew up in the church, uh, an evangelical Christian church, and I uh, have been educated all the way through college. I got a degree in economics and largely came upon that path because I was wanted to be in something uh, full of analysis, uh, but still able to apply philosophical and psychological and historical thinking into uh, the value of business. And so when my philosophy credits ran out and I realized that I needed to do something a bit more practical in order to make a living, uh, economics and the study of banking, money policy uh, really lent itself to, to a lot of the interests that I have. Uh, ironically, I never took any finance or accounting classes in order to get there, uh, which many people find shocking, but I, I really founded my education in the liberal arts and economics. I graduated from DePaul University in the city of Chicago, uh, and that had a big influence on my thinking. And currently, I hold a, a position as a senior business analyst within a large professional services firm. Uh, so much of my day-to-day -day is about thinking through impacts uh, and inputs and outputs that help people make decisions and help us come up with uh, requirements for software, requirements for applications that have business value. Uh, so, of course, my day-to-day -day is around these kinds of decisions. So I have an interest in this both professionally and personally through my background and my uh, the, the point I'm at in my life personally um, in terms of my thinking and my education and my uh, my life, but also professionally, this is certainly has, has an impact, as I think it is for more and more people these days in the knowledge working spheres and service industries. So I, I think that, that there's application, and, and hopefully, while I may not be an authoritative voice by any means, my body of work is non-existent. Uh, this is certainly a place where I can begin to cultivate and grow my thinking and would love for anyone to be on that journey and, and think through those things and develop those kinds of skills uh, as well. So it's a bit of the genesis of the idea uh, behind the show, as well as a little bit about me. And I think then to, to outline, I'd like to go through maybe the foundational ideas and what the key areas, the kind of ways I'm going to hit on some things to explore these ideas further in shows to come. You know, really, I think the foundational ideas that I want to rest on is, is number one, measuring choices and why we make them. I think I've already touched, you know, in order to be a part of this world, we have to make choices. You can't engage with the world and never make a choice. You can't simply have your whole life 
be run and dictated by others in order to be a participant in, in the human race and in society. You have to be willing to have an opinion and make choices, whether it comes down to completely trivial uh, matters of just how to spend your minutes or like what cereal to eat or uh, what color clothes to put on for the day. You know, we have to be able to kind of measure these choices and we have to think through why you make them in order to create a semblance of a worldview. So that, I think, is, is one foundational thing is we want to measure these things and understand the, the reasoning. Secondly, we want to know how to make a prediction. Once you start having some choices, you take it to the next level to think, what are the impacts of my choices? So first of all, you just you make a choice and you know why. But secondarily, you go a little bit deeper and you go and you want to analyze that choice. So you say, what did I just do and how can I make that same choice or a similar choice via prediction in the future to come up with a, a value, right? Something that's right or wrong, better or worse, because we, we really do see, you know, there's much written and much experience in this world that shows, you know, each decision we make has impacts that go forward. I think we feel that weight very quickly as you start to live through the, the human experience. And so I, I think that those are two foundational ideas. Third, it's discovering and trying to come up with that value statement that if you have to go through the prediction process and say, was I close in what I thought my outcome would be, what outcomes would be desirable? So sometimes we say, man, I was right on with the choice that I made. I understood the impact and I don't actually know whether it was right or wrong. Again, in the trivial, oftentimes this, this doesn't matter. But I think that the more that you can create common decision-making processes, common predictions, you understand that this will actually build your value statements for what's truly desirable in the future. I think a big element of this too is that there is a way to handle the outcomes of situations that is more stable than just the outcome themselves. If you can make choices about deciding that you are going to learn from an experience, whether you would create it saying that it was a, a negative experience, but you're going to learn from it, then you can learn as much through that negative experience as you can through a positive experience. And so I think we have to be careful going through this process that we don't only believe that there's positivity or value in what we would deem successful outcomes, because that really robs the human experience of something to, to get better in this, in this way and to create stable growing human beings. So this is something that I think through a lot, especially because things can change as well. I think that's the final element of this. This third point of discovering what outcomes are truly desirable is that what is desirable now may not be in the future. You know, when you make a choice and you you, you go to the choice, you believe what you think the outcome's going to be, and you th say, this is right. If you're not developing the ability to handle or to learn or to grow out of the outcomes of that and figure out what you're finding is more and more desirable, there's no maturity and you're not able to, to be dynamic enough to see that what was a desirable outcome today is not a desirable outcome tomorrow or that new information comes to light and you constantly need to be testing and going through this measurement process. That's a that's a, a big part, I think, in some of the steps of the, the, the foundational ideas to the processes, that the, the kind of decisions we're going to be talking about. Finally, it's what areas of personal worldview and decision-making are certain, if any, right? So I think that, again, as I've mentioned several times already, this, this is on, on a scale, really, from things that seemingly don't matter to things that seem to have ultimate importance. You know, I think that those are much more big philosophical ideas of your faith, ultimate purpose in this world, the ultimate uh, philosophy or ideology for mankind or society as a whole. So it's it's much more macro. So it's for a personal worldview and ultimately a worldview for the planet. To go back to our Voltaire quote and the, the, it's the name of the show, 
we would think that there are things that are certain that when others would look at it would probably find your degree of confidence absurd. They would think, how is that person so incredibly dedicated to this idea or that decision and those outcomes that they're this certain in light of new information or that they're this certain without having full access to all the information? So those are some of the foundational ideas that are going to drive uh, the conceptually how I want to go through uh, the ideas for discussion in this in, in the podcast. The next piece of this, while we've got now the foundational ideas taken care of into how we're going to, to process through the show's theme and how I'm bringing my perspectives into this, I really get to the, to the bread and butter, let's call it, right? The meat and potatoes, whatever expression you want to use, that will play out, right? How we go through and how we think through this. I plan to just look at this in my personal life. I believe that I'm not all that different from a lot of other people. You can apply this to whatever you find uh, on your spectrum of the inconsequential and low impact decisions that you have in your life all the way up to the future uh, and the ultimate cost. But I've broken it down. I got some nice alliteration here, right? So I got this planned, uh, the three F's that are going to drive the areas of my life uh, in order to measure these kinds of decisions. The first thing you know that I find interesting, the area or an arena where there's a lot of value or compelling uh, people place a lot of value, they place a lot of energy and time. There's whole industries now based around trivial decision making in the world of what I'm going to call it's fantasy decision making, right? So this starts at the highest level. And I, I landed on the word fantasy. Many people think about Harry Potter, dragon spells, uh, Lord of the Rings kind of fantasy here, right? This is, uh, of course, fantasy sports uh, was the real uh, influence or the real inspiration behind this idea, right? So for me, this is a huge part of my life and it seems so trivial. How is it possible that I spend so much time and energy on decision-making around fantasy sports? And why is it so compelling? Why is it so, why am I so interested in the competitive nature of choosing which athletes on a sports field are going to do well and then making that prediction and then seeing how that plays out. And I have this very competitive nature, right? Why do I want to beat other people that I'm in leagues with and that I'm looking at globally? Did my decisions match up? Did I read the data correctly? Did I see what was out there? And did I make a compelling um, decision? Can I make a compelling argument, excuse me, for my decision making that then leads to a competitive outcome that would show that I'm better or more? What What is it behind this whole, you know, it's fascinating now. This is millions of dollars um, in industry, right? And it's a derivative industry off of the entertainment of leisure sports. So uh, this is fantasy sports is a big thing uh, for me. I, at the time of this recording, I have five fantasy football teams in the NFL. I have a couple fantasy teams in soccer, uh, both the English Premier League, right? So this is, many of you are already checking out. That's fine. I find that this is an interesting case study in fantasy. These are typically low personal cost decisions that you're making, but there's quick feedback loops. These kinds of decisions in this fantasy realm are very exciting, fun, but can also be very insightful, right? So maybe it's not fantasy sports for you. I'm going to spend some time on how I'm learning through my decisions in the in the world of fantasy sports and try to pull out some greater themes that might be interesting for people. I'll, I'll be talking about some specifics in there as well, just because this matters to me. And, and, and if not, you can go ahead and just jump right over that part of any episode. That's fine by me. Uh, but 
you know, I think that this applies in other areas for people, whether this be what's the area of fantasy decision making that is fun and interesting and exciting, exciting for you, but it has a low personal cost. Like, is there some video game that you really love? Is there uh, art, music, literature, an area where you can explore decision making and choice and you add some of this prediction? Like, do you know what's going to happen at the end of the story? Do you know who's going to uh, win or, or come to the outcome? Did you make the right choice um, through whatever, you know, adventure game or whether you know you're playing some popular game were you able to make choices and read the situation in such a way that produced the outcome you were interested in and learn uh, so you know there's a lot to be said through this fantasy realm of uh, low personal cost but still quick feedback loops that can tell us a lot about our attitude towards decision making and prediction from there we get to our second f so that's our first f fantasy right second f is going to be uh, an area of decisions that are increasing cost for individuals and society as a whole and the complexity of these decisions is increasing and they offer more meaning purpose and progress uh, i came to this one the inspiration for this and the, the word i'm going to use for this is finance these are decisions that have higher cost more impact as i've just said but have high degrees of volatility and in, into what the outcomes can be and how people can experience life around this, right? So in my view, uh, this has some components around your personal finance, how you use your money, and certainly how we get into that is your education and your career, your professional impact. So this is going to be the area of my life that I spend a lot of time thinking about is how I spend my money, how I how I generate my money, uh, how I plan to use it in the future. What kind of debt am I willing to take on? What kind of budgets am I going to follow? You know, these are, are, are pretty critical elements of decisions that have some pretty big impacts. If you make, quote unquote, the wrong choice in the areas of finance in your life, where you're investing your time, money, your resources and your effort, your skills, this can have an increase in cost. Like if, if a lot of people make what they would deem the wrong choices, uh, this is this can lead to some pretty uh, impactful experiences for people. So this is something that I'm really fascinated with as well, right? It's a quick jump away from fantasy sports. But again, there are themes in this decision making that come out quickly uh, into impacting what kind of choices you're going to make next. So I personally, I think some of the areas I want to talk about on this, I'm, I'm interested in discussion around budgeting. I typically, I use some software called You Need a Budget, uh, not endorsed by them in any way, uh, not yet at least, <laughs> but uh, interested to to talk about why I've had some success and where I want to go next with how I budget and how I plan to generate income, how I plan to uh, spend the income that I already have, where am I going to invest, what kind of wealth strategies do I have, right? And then that only grows into micro, kind of a micro level, but that's the society level. So what do businesses do? What kind of stocks and investing uh, approaches? What can we be, be learning from the kind of decision making at at the level of the firms. So if we go away from an ind individual who has to make their own decisions for their money, for their education, for their career, and you go into a, a, a firm, a collection, right? Or, or some person's idea of how to make decisions in the marketplace, how to generate wealth and value, uh, how to make decisions there. And of course, then you would go to the next level above that, which is macro, which is how do countries and full economies manage things like unemployment and inflation. Again, this is my background, right, in, in, in studying economics, which to me, I long said, is just the study of human decision making. So it's this common thread all throughout. The biggest difference between that that first level, those inconsequential fantasy, quote unquote, fantasy decisions and the finance decisions are that these have a greater level of tangible impact. So the stresses around these decisions increase, the complexity around these decisions increase, uh, and they have longer impact that ripples out into not only uh, the environment and the community that you're in, but it could go to a much more macro level, which is the country or our world. 
I think that's the that's the second F, right? The place where we can explore. There's a, a tangible sandbox to play through the decision makings, why we're making them, uh, and that sort of thing. And the final F that, that I'm going to be discussing, the final kind of category and bucket of topics that we're going to be talking through that I plan to discuss is going to be the future. We started with fantasy, low cost, low personal cost, quick feedback loop, exciting, insightful. Then we moved into finance, increasing cost for individuals and society. The complexity of decisions and the impact is going up, right? And finally, we get to future. This has ultimate cost and purpose. So these are some pretty heady ideals. These are profoundly personal and also have the ability to change entire courses of history in the world. This is the kind of things that people make massive decisions that we're remembered in history that we would say alter the course of history, right? These are the kinds of decisions that are almost impossible to understand in the moment, but go on to clearly shape massive uh, groups of humanity and have profoundly impactful outcomes for the individuals making these decisions, right? So certainly, as I said at the beginning, this is around faith. This is around doubts about what's going to happen. These are around philosophical ideals, morality, value statement, ethics. How is the future Father Time, the thing that we have never been able to as humanity grasp and change and make malleable the way that we have with so many other things, our consciousness or our resources or whatever you want to call it, time and the future and the uncertainty of it and how we pour ourselves into something valuable and have ultimate purpose at the individual level can grow into something that would change the entire course of history and the entire world. That's the third place. Again, that is obviously incredibly heavy compared to the silliness that I began with with fantasy sports. But my premise here is that as individuals, we bounce between these levels of decision making extremely quickly in the course of our days and weeks on, on the planet Earth. And you would be wrong to say that you hadn't had to deal with a completely trivial course of decision-making and then also interact with ultimately consequential choice of decision-making within the same day or within the same hour sometimes. And oftentimes, these things can really come at us intertwined. How you make your day-to-day small choices is going to shape you psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, I would argue, in a way that's going to have incredible impact. It's the development of character, right? So can you have an absurd certainty around developing your character that would say, sure, this is a massive decision versus what lineup I pick for Thursday night football in order to try to beat my opponent. But there are common elements that build into my character and decision making that say there are some things that are ultimately important to me and there are some things I leave by the wayside. But my character, I have an approach to decision making. I have an approach to the predictions and my belief in outcomes. And I have an approach to uncertainty that allows me to start building a character that I am absurdly certain is what I want it to be and what ultimately uh, from my perspective as a born-again Christian, what we believe God wants it to be. I hope that, that that's a, a nice outline maybe for what what the kind of topics I'd like to be talking. Certainly, I don't know if every week I'm going to hit on all of these. I don't think that that's probably very possible, especially because fantasy football season does not go throughout the year. I'm even going to have some talk around fantasy. Uh, like I said, fantasy Premier League soccer, huge interest of mine. Shout out to anyone who's interested in that and wants to be a part of that 
but so I'll, I'll be hitting on some updates some things that are going on and how that impacted my what decisions I made just briefly and I'm going to be pulling out the themes of how I see those things uh, going and then sometimes we'll just do some I want to do some case studies I want to do some book reviews some things that are really shaping and guiding my thinking around these topics that'll fit in these buckets uh, and hopefully be a fascinating thing for you to uh, to listen to with that I'm going to wrap it up you know this will probably be a typical length I hope to have a couple interesting things uh, to capture the attention of whoever's listening and again as i said honestly if no one's listening no big deal that's a way for me to uh, get these thoughts out i'm certainly going to be growing along in this process learning a thing or two about what it means to get my my ideas on tape get my ideas uh, out there and and